Hey, and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real life HR situations we face every day. Alex, thank you so much for taking a few minutes of your day to sit with me. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. I really appreciate it. So you have a really unique role in the knowledge and learning space at SHRM. And so I wanted to start with what skills do you think HR professionals are going to need for the future? Oh, good God. I I, I get asked this question so much. It's not even funny. Uh, You you know, there's the bread and butter that we always take for granted uh, when I think about HR. And and some of it is just the stuff that we've seen over the course of time. Uh, You know, whether it's the compliance things that we always think about, the engagement areas that we always think about and and, and those types of things. Those are the bread and butter. And I think what we're seeing is spillover of those skills into other parts of the world of work. Right. So that's people managers and what have you. But you asked me specifically about the future skills for HR professionals, and I've got three of them that stand out in my mind. The first one is being an engineer of engagement experiences. And notice I said experience, not engagement by itself, right? And I'd actually argue that this profession is ripe for a name change to call ourselves really engagement engineers or experience engineers for people at work. Uh, That's one thing that I see over and over again. And in many cases, we talked about this specifically in the concepts of you hear it over and over again. HR professionals need to be better marketers. Right. And the more I see it, it's actually about building that experience. How do I create that experience that people will want to have over and over again? In addition, the other thing that sort of strikes me is I see people really looking for uh, the notion we always used to say change management or that change agent. And in reality, what I like to think of it is you need to be a reimagineer. And the reason I say that in large part is what we see is people are being asked to, how do I reinvent this organization and this workforce and what they deliver on a recurring basis, right? Uh, I have a good colleague uh, from the Department of Defense who always share with me, we're constantly dealing with this term VUCA, which is actually volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And one of the things that they always ask is, people say that this is a novel thing, but in reality, this is the common cadence of any organization, any mission. And to me, it's the reimagineers that will actually ensure that we're engaged in that reinvention over and over again. And then the last thing I always look for is I need somebody who's going to be a data architect, right? And when I say that, I'm talking about somebody who can actually provide the architecture around the data that we want to collect about our workforce over and over again. And I'm borrowing from a guy by the name of John Boudreau when I say that, but it's really the key component in terms of how well we create and craft those other experiences. For those three pillars, where do you see HR going to seek those skills and learn more in those areas? So some of it, whether we like it or not, is actually going to be from those bread and butter kind of organizations. But some of it is going to be trial by fire, and it's actually going to be on the job kind of thinking. Uh, What I always espouse, though, is and I, I tell people to do this is there's three ways that you can really develop yourself and build these skills. The first is take a a cross functional operational assignment. Do not waste your time in just being in HR. Try to get yourself an operational assignment. The second is make sure that you go about actually engaging in work that is and learning that is atypical for yourself, right? I'm an HR professional by by birth and by background, right? And I'll share with you that one thing that I love is lectures and I love going to training programs. Problem with that is that's not gonna get me the learning that I need in this case. And the last thing that I always espouse is find yourself 
a true mentor, but don't make it such that you're actually forcing that individual to teach you. What you want to do is you want to make sure that that mentor actually says to you, take this problem. Tell me how you'd solve it. Walk me through the way that you go about that cognition and tell me how you determine what the problem sets are and what the solution sets might be. Having that conversation gives you half the development that you need. What a great example on how to think about mentorship differently too. not just a check the box, do as they say, but like, let's have a conversation so I can, like you said, understand what you're thinking to get you to the next level. Hmm. So important. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people don't actually uh, think about that. They always think about the tried and true. What are the things that every mentor is supposed to do? What does a coach look like? And and I tell you, I'm stunned at how it can be reinvented and rethunk or rethought, I should say, over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, being in the learning space in SHRM and and looking ahead at, you know, the future of work and the future of the HR role, do you think we're going to see a change or influence to SHRM's Basque model because of that? So uh, we've started to see some of that as it speaks, right? And uh, it's sort of funny because if you go back 11 years, I was actually uh, involved heavily in the development of the SHRM competency model, which became the SHRM Bach, and then now is the SHRM Basque. And uh, it always strikes me how far we've come. People don't really see it because on paper it looks so small. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we talk about specifically is in the first set, the competency model, we really didn't even talk about DE and I. And here we're sitting at the Sherman Inclusion Conference. And back then, 10 years ago, we didn't even invest in it. We didn't memorialize it enough to do something about it. And here we are today. It's one of the leading kind of uh, competencies that exist out there. One of the skills and knowledges that we ask people to really take into account. We're starting to see that. I would tell you that we're still another five years away from when we're going to have just what we're looking for, which is having that person who's a data architect, having that person who understands reimagination and understands how they go about doing these things. I'm excited to see where these experienced curators land. It's such a fascinating topic for me. Um, And there's so much from the marketing world that HR can learn from that and just how that translates into our employees, especially with Gen Z coming on board. Oh, it's amazing to me. And, you know, the one thing I do is and I I share this with a lot of folks is uh, I actually try to influence degree programs to do this. Right. Uh, I know that education is not typically where we want we force people to go have these real life experiences. But what I will tell you is I've actually been working with a variety of different programs that are relatively new with the idea of forcing them to build their programs as if they were experienced curators. Wow. Rather than actually thinking about them as HR. Prime example of this is the University of Miami and their experience curation program, which is really their HR program. Wow. I'm, I hadn't heard of that before. That's fascinating. Do you do you think Sherm will start to be putting content out around that as well? I would love to see us do that, and I'm pretty sure that we will in the, in the very near future. Ironically, we have a series of different kind of uh, toolkits that are coming out just for that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, as you think forward then, you know, for the next few years and those that are new in the HR space and new in their career, what's your advice to make sure that they're getting up to speed? Um, you know, should they become more focused on a specific topic? Should they still think of themselves as generalist? What are you seeing and what advice do you have for the industry? So when I think about who's entering the profession and what they're doing in terms of entering that profession, uh, the first thing that strikes me is I almost encourage them to have come from a different path. Make sure that you're doing that. And I say that in large part because when you look at the people that end up leading organizations, they've never taken a straight line. There are very few people that jump in and say, I was going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to go lead an organization. It's, it's so atypical for that to happen. 
that it's unusual for that to really be the case. I almost asked them, go take some other kind of developmental assignment or take a whole other world like operational sales, take your pick, and you end up jumping into that, right? And jumping into people experiences. The other piece of advice that I always give people is make sure that you actually get in the, the heart of doing the bread and butter HR work. Uh, most people say, well, go be a generalist, right? That's not what I actually espouse. I, I, I call for doing a little bit of a rotation within HR. And I say in large part because you don't really understand the depth of what's being asked of you until you've done about three months in each place. Uh, I'll never forget my experience. I was working at an airline and I was asked to do jump from employee relations to compensation all the way through to benefits. And then after that, culture and org development. Wow. Right. And I thought to myself, man, I'm so woefully underskilled in all of these. <laughs> right. I can't even understand what's going on. But having done three months in each made a real difference in my, my perspective. And then the last thing that I actually ask people to do is focus on what they can do to be a better people manager. Because any good HR professional understands what it means to manage others. And if you don't, even if you're just an individual contributor, go get assets, training, whatever it might be to really understand what it takes to lead others. Alex, what great advice you have for those listening. I appreciate you taking a few minutes of your day to chat with me. I really appreciate the opportunity and it's wonderful to be here with you. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.